0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm glad you decided to tune in whenever you're listening. And as always, before we dive into the most important thing, which is God's Word, let's go ahead and talk to God. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, God, and I thank you for this Word, God, from Ephesians two eleven through 15, God, that you're about to give us, God. And please use me to speak the words you would have me to, God, as you used Paul to write these words, God. God, I know I'll never be as adequate as Paul was, God, but I ask you just please give me the words you would have me to speak, God. And God, just please help the people listening, God, that they would hear what you would have them to hear, God, and that they could just honor you and everything they do, and I could do the same, God. And please help the next however long, God, that as we're proclaiming your word, that lives would be changed, not because of anything I've said, but because of everything you've said through me. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Alright, so I know we just came off of a three week mini series within the larger Ephesians series. You know, the little sentence dead, but God saves through grace. Well, we're going through another three week section. This one won't be broken up by a testimony because the thought this week, next two weeks, then we'll have a testimony, which we're really looking forward to that. And then we'll have the month of July. So I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler of what. The next two weeks are going to be about, this week, it's going to be about unity with fellow believers. Next week is going to be about unity with God. And the week after is going to be about the applications and what happens because of that unity. So, without any further ado, let's read a, a verse Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 15. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, of the two, so making peace. That's good stuff right there. So, first word we see is therefore. So that takes us back to the last three weeks. Well... Last week and then the weeks before that. Because we had the testimony in there. But hope you remember. Because it's about us being dead and then God saving us. And then the salvation that comes through grace. So all of that, since all of that is true, since we are his workmanship. Now he's calling the Gentiles, which unless you're wearing a yarmulke, you're a Gentile. (coughs) So calling the Gentiles in the flesh calling the Gentiles to so remember that at the time, they were, they were uncircumcised. They were called that by what is the circumcision, which is made by flesh of hands. And we're not going to talk about circumcision, because that is a different subject for a different day. But I will say this. It's what separated the Jews and the Gentiles. One of those, um cannot remember the cultural laws. We'll talk about those in a minute as well. But if you don't know what... Circumcision and non-circumcision is this is not the episode we're going to deal with that. If you go to New Hope, ask your youth pastor. Um, And I'm sure he'd be glad to explain that to you. I'm just kidding. Don't ask Evan. Anyway, so we're not going to talk about that. Just remember that that is what separated the Jews and the Gentiles. Verse 12 says, remember. So he's still calling them to remember. And why are we called to remember? Well... So we don't forget where we came from. Because that's hard sometimes. To remember. Or to forget where we came from. And you know. What's happening here. Is basically this church at Ephesus. And the surrounding places around Ephesus. Had Jews and Gentiles. And the Jews were saying. Yes you need Jesus to be saved. But you also have to follow. These Jewish commands. So. He's telling the Gentiles where they came from. Remember that you were, at that time, separated from Christ. So we all know that back in the Old Testament with the original covenant, and we'll talk about the covenant in like just a few seconds, but because of that, they were separated from Christ because they weren't God's people. Gentiles. Yes, you have a few Gentiles that we see that have expressed faith, you have um, Rahab the prostitute, Hagar, who, after she was banished from Abraham and Sarah's presence, she acknowledged God, and you, know, you have a few people in there, but overwhelmingly, everyone that we talk about is a Jew. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David, Solomon, all the prophets, all those guys—they were all Jews. And they were God's people. So the Gentiles were separated from Christ, because when you hear about Philistines and Babylonians and all those guys, they were Gentiles. They were separated from God because they didn't want to do. they didn't want to have anything to do with that. And they were also separated from the Jew, alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. So they were far off from this covenant. They had nothing to do with the Jews. They hated the Jews and the Jews hated them. And that's these very people in the church's ancestors. This church at Ephesus had ancestors that were Philistines, and they would have had ancestors that were Israelites. The two groups that hated each other, Jews and Gentiles, <clears throat> hated each other. And he's, Paul is calling his readers to remember that. Remember that. And we'll see why that is in a second. They're strangers to the covenants of promise. God makes this covenant with Abraham. He says, hey Abraham, you're going to have more kids than the stars in the sky or the sand on the beach. And he makes this covenant with him that he's going to prosper and that he's going to be his people. And he will, that they're going to be God's people and God will be their God. It's an amazing covenant. But the Gentiles weren't part of that. It was to the Israelites. And now, God's people are us. And we'll talk about that in a second as well. But, then the last thing that we see in verse 12 is having no hope and without God in the world. The Gentiles would have had no access to God. Because to be in the temple at that time, due to cultural law, or before this time in the Old Testament, before Jesus came and the Holy Spirit came, you would have had to have been circumcised. Or well, while Jesus was here, really. Until after Jesus came and the first church started exploding with the, because of the Holy Spirit you would have had to have been circumcised to be in the temple. Which, that right there, as we just learned from verse 11, takes um, Gentiles out of the equation. So they couldn't go to the church, and Israel Israel was not going to share the gospel with them, because they hated them. They weren't going to turn to our God, who's going to send this Messiah to save us, and to redeem us from our brokenness. The Israelites were not going to do that. And you might be saying, Wow. Why is Paul bringing this back up? Why is he rehashing the past? And what we'll see in verse 13. But now. There's that word again. Not but God. Second best thing. But now. And it's followed up by in Christ Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus. So we're turning from remember to but now. Which is very similar to the first part of the two. You who were once off, or once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ unites us now. You are now united with these Jews because of the blood of Christ. And, you know, this is where we're going to spend a lot of time camping out over the next couple of verses. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and read the next couple of verses. For he himself is our peace, Jesus, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace. He is our peace. Jesus is the only way we can have peace. And we'll talk about what that means in 21st century America after we explain some more of 14 and 15. So it, you you might see that it says, "By abolishing the law of commandments." So you might say, "Wait, I thought Jesus said He came to fulfill the law," and you are indeed right. Jesus did say that. So uh, is Paul contradicting? No. These are talking about laws that we would that they would refer to as cultural laws, because in that Exodus to Deuteronomy, there's we think six hundred thirteen laws. <clears throat> And a part of those laws were moral laws, which don't kill, don't lie, don't covet, keep the Sabbath holy, keep God before everything else. Those kind of laws are called moral laws. And those, we it's still a good idea to adhere to. I mean, we're not going to go around killing people. but People do. They kill babies every day. But that was the subject for our, one of our very first episodes. Go look it up. But you know, those laws still apply. But cultural laws, such as the one pressed here called circumcision, right? At, and then you have another law. If I'm not mistaken, there was a law about women braiding their hair, not being able to bra- not being able to braid their hair. So you know, those laws don't still apply because they were cultural laws. That was what separated the Jews and the Gentiles because the Jews were God's people. And they had to have some way of showing that. So the men were circumcised. Women couldn't braid their hair. There's all kind of stuff. If we wanted to, we could spend days talking about But that's what separated them, And God, Jesus has torn that down. And now, it says at the end of 15, or maybe it's 14, let me see. It's 15. New man in the place of two, so making peace. We talked about these two groups of people, Jews and Gentiles. And they are, I'm sorry if you can hear the rain, it is pouring right now. So that is... Shouldn't be too loud, because I'm talking really loud right now, trying to um, be louder than the rain. So hopefully you can't hear. it. But there's these two groups of people, Jews and the Gentiles. Well, there's actually three. There's Jews, Gentiles, and Samaritans. Samaritans, have Jews, have Gentiles. So I guess you could really consider them part of both groups. But nobody likes the Samaritans. But these two groups, which were separated by all these cultural laws that the Jews had to adhere to, the Gentiles didn't. That was all abolished now there's one group, and it's called Christians and at this time, and I say that there's still some that believe it today, they thought that they were going to like draw you a mental graph here, so you have a bubble over here that says Judaism and a bubble over here that says Gentile, so they thought that Christianity was just a subnote under Judaism, and that That's what they thought. But it's not. Christianity is the top in Messianic Jews who are Jews that believe. Because there's Jews that don't believe Jesus was the Messiah. But there's a group of Jews that are from a Jewish family that believe Jesus was the Messiah and are going to heaven when they die because they made him their Lord. So there, it's Christian. Then you have subtypes, subheadings, such as Messianic Jews, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians. All those guys who are all Christians, who believe that Jesus came, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. And they made him their Lord. You know, we still have our little things that separate us, such as baptism. That's a big thing. And then you have reformed theology versus non-reformed theology. Or basically, election versus non-election. Free will versus election. You know all these things that are second tier issue, with the first tier, of course, being believing that Jesus died and rose again, and made him making him your Lord. If you believe differently on that, then you cannot be a Christian. And things that are explicitly said in the Bible, such as homosexuality is wrong, murder is wrong. If people don't believe that, they can't call themselves Christians because the Bible clearly says that. And we. So too often look over the big issues so we can bicker over the little issues, such as what would have been at this time in Ephesians, circumcision and uncircumcision, which is now baptism. Do we do we dunk under? Do we sprinkle? Do we all baptize infants? All that stuff that goes on is no different than the issues they were experiencing about circumcision. Verse eleven could have just as easily read. Therefore, remember that at one time you Baptists in the flesh called the full submersion by what is called the sprinkling, which is made by in the flesh, which is made in the flesh by hands. That could have so easily been the case back then, because that's what it would read today. And yes, baptism is important. It's what shows the world that we made that declaration. But it's a second tier issue, and we cannot get so caught up in arguing over those that we miss the first-tier issues, such as what God explicitly says is wrong, and such as what he explicitly did for us. And if you believe differently on salvation, that's a first-tier issue. Now, I promised you that I would tell you what this meant in 21st century America. And I've talked about that a little bit, but now, if you pay any attention to the news, the news I listen to mainly, it's by Albert Moeller, Called the briefing. He looks at news and analyzes it from a Christian worldview. Extremely, extremely recommend. It's like twenty six minutes long. Posted every day. Great list Keep you informed and it'll keep you in a Christian worldview. Looking at it. great news. Great news source. Extremely recommended. Five stars. But you know they're pushing for unity. Everybody's pushing for unity. 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 But what they're doing for Unity is they're raising... And this is not a politics or This is not me trying to push my views on anybody. This is just my observation. They're pushing certain groups over other groups. Like, I mean, like, we have months dedicated. And we'll talk about this in a second. Months dedicated to gay people. I mean, come on, let's think about that for a second. How is that stirring unity? It's raising these groups above other groups. Raising the gay people. Raising the... I mean, we all... Raising women above men. Raising black people above white people. White people above black people. Whatever it is. Whatever raising is going on to try to figure some kind of unity. Gay people above straight people. Whatever it is that's trying to... Atheists above Christians. Whatever they're trying to do. Raising these groups to quote, level the playing field or whatever they call it now. It's not bringing unity. If, it's, if you think it's, if you think America is, you know, I have not told y'all this, but this is the second time recording this episode. And I said this in the first one. If you think, said this one's been way better. God has really used this one to be a lot better. I've said a lot more in this one than I did in the first one. So I know that that's why God had me have to record this twice. But I said this in the first one and I'll say it again here. If you think this country is unified, I would hate to see what your idea of ununified is. Because this country is anything but unified. And that's because they're trying to unify people by raising different groups above different groups. And that's not going to bring unity. Raising second tier issues over second tier issues is not going to bring unity. Or first tier issues over first tier issues is not going to bring unity. You know, the thing talk about cultural laws that separates, Then the things that separate us now are our actions. And this whole thing's about unity. The Gentile, the Jews and the Gentiles coming as one and being unified, and their actions show that. In verse 13, bring it back to there. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The only thing that can unify America is the blood of Christ. That's it. It's not raising one group above the other. It's nothing else but the blood of Jesus Christ for every American. And it's going to take Christians, not, not, not Baptists or not Methodists or not Presbyterians, but Christians. The Baptists, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, and everybody in between. Banding together and showing God's love through our actions. And, put, and stop bickering of Reformed theology or Baptism and start... And we're guilty. We're all guilty. I'm guilty of this. I'm talking just as much to myself because we let our traditions get so in the way of what's important and that is unity. And we let our personal preference get in the way. And while yes, it's great. I love, we love getting to worship how we want to with hymns, or contemporary music. And we're all guilty of putting our preferences above everything else. But what if we put God above everything else and we tried to be a unified nation because you know we've always said this let's go, Pledge of Allegiance one nation under God the only way we'll ever get to be one nation unified under God is if we start a revival and you know there's a song it was when we started doing the song analysis or song episodes <clears throat> it the first one we did it's called Start Right Here there's actually like two versions of that song right now. There's Start Right Here, the Casting Crowns version, which is on their album, Only Jesus. Then there's Start Right Here, HGA version, which is with KB. Both versions are amazing. Strong, strongly recommend both of them. But, the, and that song's talking about the only way there's going to be revival or unity is if it starts with the church. And that's true. That's what it has to start with. And I'm not talking about the Little C Church that makes up New Hope or Shiloh or Kokomo or any of these other churches around. Talking about the big sea church that makes up the American church and bigger than the American church, the global bride of Christ. And that's what's going to get us unified. And in the same way they ad- adhere to those laws of circumcision and no braided hair and all, we have to adhere to our law. Right? And we, don't have, we have to adhere to what separates us from the non believing one. That's living the Christian life. And it's not hard, it's impossible without Jesus, just like unity. And now, the two groups are one, and they're called children of God. And the children of God need to start acting like children of God. Stop bickering over small issues that don't matter. And start living for Jesus and sharing the gospel with them. So I'm going to go ahead and pray move into closing thoughts. But on the subject of closing thoughts, this month, and I'm going to talk about this in a second. I'm just doing a quick... Viewer discretion. If you have young children, I mean, it's your decision completely. But closing thoughts for the next month might be a little bit too heavy because we're going to talk about some serious things. That's what God's laid on my heart to do from this week, next week, next week, and then testimony week. So, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, move into that. So just, you'll see when I start talking about it. And it might be a little bit too serious, but, you know, Whatever you think. Just wanted to warn you about that so I didn't start talking about what it's going to be about and you weren't warned. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for Jesus, God, joining the Gentiles and the Jews or the Baptists and the Methodists, God. And that we could start living not as Baptists and Methodists but as Christians, God. And we could put our differences aside and share the gospel with those that don't believe so we can become one nation under you. Because, God, it's not going to take any president, God. It's not going to take any any people in the Congress, God. It's going to take Christians living for you and starting a revival right here in America, God. Bringing us back to where we were, one nation under you. And that's not going to take elevating any group, God. It's going to take the blood of Jesus. And thank you for that blood, and thank you for each one of these listeners. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. So, last week, you know, we talked about that interview. Still not judging those people, because I know I sin every day. But that's all about the people in the interview, which we're not judging gay people either because we all sin. But they are wrong for their sin, just like we're wrong for our sin. But I saw this quote, and, you know, I didn't realize until after I already published that. I feel like this is Gay Pride Month. So you know how it are celebrating Gay Pride Month? We're going to talk about something regarding that and what we're supposed to, not what we're, what we're supposed to, what we're called to believe as Christians every month this week. So that's why it's going to be serious, because that's how we're celebrating the month. Let's go. So I saw this quote. Not long after the episode was published. That said, no matter if it's homosexuality, bestiality, pedophilia, or heterosexual, pre-sexual, pre-marital sex, it's all sexual sin. And that's true. It is. And we tend to forget that. We tend to only talk about certain issues. Adultery has another one. That wasn't in the quote, but that's another one. We tend to only talk about certain issues. Like we say, oh yeah, ped- pedophilia is wrong. Pedophilia is terrible. But but we're, we're kind of silent about um, homosexuality over here. And we're not going to talk about the other one that I mentioned. The one that starts with a B. Because we're not going to get down into that. It's another thing about like, circumcision. But that's a sin too. Keep that in mind. We're going to talk about the other four I mentioned. And you know, we think that... Well, I've heard people say... That having sex before marriage is not as bad as, and I've thought this too, as people being gay. And it's all sin. They're all equally wrong. And you know, lust right in there. When we lust, we're no greater than anyone who is gay. I mean, you know, and that doesn't take away from anything. We should proclaim that all of them are wrong. And If, we're ever at, if you're ever going to interview on Oprah and you're asked homosexuality and sin, you say, yes, it is. And you point to scriptures such as Romans 1 and, Le- and the Sodom and Gomorrah and Leviticus. And if you need more, reference our episode about this. Fourth episode, I believe it was. Maybe third. Fourth episode. And it's a whole episode about it. That's why I'm not going to go into detail because we've already done it. But you can't say Homosexuality is a sin, or that pedophilia is a sin without saying homosexuality is, or that uh, lust is a sin without saying um adultery is. They're all equally sin, and we have to call sin sin, and stop saying. Well, I have friends who are that okay. Yes, you do, but you're not being a friend if you don't tell them the truth. You wouldn't just. We would not justify, and we don't justify pedophilia the same way as we judge, as we justify homosexuality or adultery or um. Primitive sex. And, you know, they're all the same in God's eyes. God loves every one of them, and we should too, but we can't love their sin. There's a little phrase that says, Love the sinner, not the sin. That's what we have to do. Because we have sin, they have sin, just because the sin they struggle with might be a sexual sin. Doesn't mean it's any better than our line, Or doesn't mean our line is any better than that. Because I have to call sin sin. And that's all I have on that subject. So, Tuesday, more than likely, you will get a video from the Lakadar like, host and co host of testimony episodes with a drawing for who won the contest. So, keep that on your radar. And we still have some t-shirts left. still have some bracelets left. And that's all. And, you know, I've been kind of neglecting this, but I want to start this up. If you have any need for prayer need, contact me. Contact Jackson. Contact somebody who's been on the episode. If you want to talk, just say, for instance, you want to talk to Evan. Reach out to me and I'll get you Evan's contact information if you don't have it. If you want to talk to any of the members of the band or Jonathan or Mitchell Mitchell's been on here before. If you want to talk to any of those people, reach out to me, and I'll get you there. Or reach out to Jackson, and he can get you there. But if you need somebody, don't hesitate. Contact somebody. If it's your preacher at your church, or whoever it is, contact somebody you know is a bleep. Love it if you would contact me. But, you know, contact somebody. That's all I got. So, love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Goodbye.